Hello, welcome to How to Be a VIP, a show about living as or with a visually impaired person. Presented by me, your host, Taylor Knockcut. This series aims to help you, our lovely listeners, see the world through our eyes. So let's talk. Hello and welcome to episode eight of How to Be a VIP. Hope you enjoyed episode seven, Puppies, Partnerships and Poo. <laughs> I still giggle every time I say that title. Um, we've got something very different this week. Um, we've got an amazing guest who I literally was so excited when they agreed to come on the show um, because this guest is a true VIP in more ways than one the amazing Anna Cafone. Anna is an amazing hairstylist who has worked with VIPs in the fashion and music industry. It's everything from London Fashion Week, traveling the world, music videos, photo shoots. She actually worked on the uh, front cover shoot for Vogue when they did their accessible issue, which she mentions in this episode. So apart from working with VIPs in the celebrity world, she also works with VIPs in the sense of being a visually impaired person for her charity Hair and Care. So what Hair and Care do, they are a charitable organisation teaching young girls and women how to do their hair. It's from styling to taking care of their hair to finding accessible ways to look after their hair, but meanwhile feeling super confident in the process so it's about the hair styling but it's also about the care and the attention that the person feels for themselves so really about empowering women empowering people to feel their best as well as you know looking their best in whatever way or shape or form um that is for them so without further ado i'm going to head over to the interview because me and anna chatted for ages we had so much to unpack it was a very emotional episode for me and for Anna I feel like we covered a lot of ground and it meant a lot to me and to her so here is the interview with Anna Cafone. Hi Anna welcome to How to Be a VIP. Hi Taylor thank you for um, inviting me to your podcast it's a real pleasure to um, be joining you today thank you for having me. Uh, no problem at all. So just like a bit of context for the listener, um, me and you met through a focus group for hair and care, um, which I was really honoured to be part of. And I learned so much um, from you and also from the other uh, participants about, you know, hair care, but also like what it's um, like being visually impaired and kind of the sort of trials and tribulations we may have with our hair and sort of things we may struggle with as as VIPs, but also all the amazing things that are out there now and maybe how like the sort of hair care world has changed a little bit. Um, so for the listeners, would you like to tell us about how hair and care came about and a little bit about your career maybe and your background with your family? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, so I'm a hairstylist. Um, I've, I've, I've been a hairdresser for over 20 years. Um, my career has kind of 
taken lots, lots of twists and turns. So I, I started in the kind of very um, normal way of being at a, at a salon, working my way up. And then in 2008, decided to move to London. I was, you know, bored working in a, in a salon and just wanted to explore a more creative um, environment and had always <laughs> loved fashion and music and storytelling um so i was really lucky to work with one of the biggest hairstylists in the industry um as as a, an, an assistant so i was on his core team um and worked backstage at london and milan paris fashion week for a, a good few years um, before i then launched into my own work and yeah, I've been at what we call a session hairstylist. So doing hair for fashion shoots, music videos, advertising campaigns, and leading shows during fashion week season for over just over 10 years now. Amazing. And yeah, so it's it's been, you know, a really exciting career. Um, been really, really fortunate to you know, travel, travel the world and meet some amazing, amazing people, artists who I still work with. And yeah, just um, kind of got to a point really in my career where I, 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 it was really important for me to also look at how I could give back um, and how mm -hmm. I could utilize my skills as a hairstylist, but also as a, a communicator and I guess even greater than that, my experience of growing up with a visually impaired person to help um, not only give advice, but, but help to create confidence um, within the VI community by, by offering uh, hair advice and showing uh, people how they can easily care for their hair and, and style it. So in 2019, uh, I, I came up with the idea of hair and care. Um, I approached RSBC, the Royal Society for Blind Children, um, because they, they were the, the, the closest uh, charity um, that were based to, near to where I lived here in Hackney and 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 it, that's really how it all all started they they loved the idea of me giving uh workshops on on hair care and styling mm -hmm. it was just really unfortunate though that that just as we were about to do an, an in-person workshop that the pandemic hit oh god of course yeah. when you're just saying the dates i didn't clock oh no that's so frustrating I, yeah i know gosh to think that that was in 2020 and here we are January 2024 it just yeah seems seems bizarre doesn't it um and yeah and we interestingly you know but, but well not interestingly but but as a result of of the pandemic and you know and especially for their service users who who you know were, were all young young vi girls um there was a need to create a, a a separate space for them where they could meet online mm -hmm. um, and have the opportunity to kind of talk about things that were more personal to them being you know young 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 females mm -hmm. and um and and so 
one of the the thing that that where we were able to really kick off the hair and care workshops was during their sisterhood um uh sessions and that that was actually led by jessica inaba who um she's since left rsbc um she she's uh, now a, a qualified um barrister and and who funny enough i i met uh was able to meet in person not long ago on a british vogue shoot as as she was um photographed for uh their disability issue oh amazing yeah was, was that the um the braille issue i, I ordered that exactly yeah it exactly. came in the biggest biggest box <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it was amazing. just such a you know, just so incredible to kind of see that all, you know, come full circle with, you know, having having worked with her on online to offer the sessions within her sisterhood sessions, but then to actually meet her in 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 person and, and to see what she's gone on to achieve is, is just so incredible. Um, oh. But yeah, back back to the workshops, we 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 I led the workshops online we we had about four sessions during that that period and then in 2021 we held the first in-person workshop um here at my studio in in Hackney mm-hmm. um and it's just been going from strength to strength ever ever since um we, we've we've been able to host webinars as well as take the workshops to other locations um we, we recently held a workshop at linden lodge school which which was again just you know such such a such an insightful and an inspiring lo- you know space to be in and to see what what they're doing as a school for the for the visually impaired so it's um yeah it, it's been an incredible incredible journey growing hair and care and and reaching more uh blind and partially sighted uh people amazing because yeah like i said to you on the um our like talk before for me as a vision pair person i grew up with my mum who's a hairdresser and she sort of taught me um how to do my hair um but also like trying to come up with ways like to teach me that weren't visual as well because mm. obviously a lot of what people um with vision um probably don't even notice how how much they actually do rely on their eyes to learn things absolutely and I remember like when I was learning to do a ponytail um she taught me to put my hands on either side of my head so that my fingers uh, would touch the ponytail to make sure that it was centered absolutely. um yeah and yeah. like with a bun as well recently uh learned the technique of putting doing my ponytail putting the bun ring over and then putting one of those um I call them telephone wire bobbles, but putting that over the top because I yes. used to really struggle holding the hair. Yeah. And when I put that over the top and pinned it around that, I was like, oh, this is so much easier. Yeah, um, amazing. I think, amazing. I think that's the thing. It's coming up, isn't it, with like techniques that suit the the individual. And, and again, like I think this is another thing with technology as well. I remember when I was a teenager, there was a real trend for girls to have poker straight um mm. like hair and I had the opposite I had very wavy hair um and I remember like going to my mom I really want to straighten my hair and she didn't want me first of all for dangerous reasons she was like I'm not letting you get near your head with a straightener so she used to blow dry it for me bless her before yeah. school oh. so it'd be straight and it would last a couple of days um did you now, ever learn did you ever I, learn how to use hair straighteners safely 
No, I didn't. Okay. I think also I have I have quite weak hair. Mm. Um, so when I my hair actually did get in quite bad condition because I, I was like, please blow dry my hair. And I did have it blow dried a lot. And then it just doesn't take well. Even when I've had it um, bleached, I had some bleach streaks and they just, I've got very fine hair, but lots of it. So it looks thicker, but actually the individual hairs are quite uh, brittle when it comes to straightening. So I'm very careful with heat. Um, okay. And again, that like from um, the performing perspective, that's why when I first started performing, I was having a lot of like, hair curled hair straightened and then it was like right I need if I'm going to be performing a lot I need hairdos that aren't gonna you know wreck my hair in the process so absolutely that's why I had a lot of updos because I could like in theory I've actually once had like a bun in for like two days and just repinned it (laughs) yeah 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 brilliant you're not using heat and you're not (laughs) using as much product um but like and 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 just you know out of I hope it's okay for me to ask you questions but in in the spirit of you know freestyling and and Mm -hmm. letting it um flow what (laughs) how did that make you feel like when you first started going out on stage knowing that you know you you were able to to manage your hair what what was the effect of that on 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 your you know I guess your any anxiety going on stage because because it's quite a big thing to perform in public anyway but to then yeah 100% be able to see yourself did it make a difference for you yes I think that yeah I think that's a very very um I can't think of way to explain it it's yeah it's very basically a poignant thing for me like the way I look and it sounds really funny because I think I've said this to people before and that I kind of as a teenager was very conscious of how I looked and I think it's because I you can't check yourself in the mirror Mm. so I would be very aware of like you know saying to friends and family is my makeup okay is my hair okay and I think because my mom was a hairdresser and I knew she was good I had that level of trust and faith in what she did so when it came to performing that did I would go on stage feeling very confident because I knew that you know no matter what I felt like my hair and makeup felt good <laughs> yeah and, absolutely. but then when it come to you know getting to the point where there may be shows where my mum wasn't with me and I that was a genuine fear I was like oh my gosh it, it was almost like going on stage without your superhero cape I was like how yeah. am I gonna have this the same like feeling that I have when she does my hair and yeah. like um yeah the, I remember the day I cracked the bun I was like oh <laughs> this amazing, is great amazing. Um, it's still obviously like like I mentioned to you earlier when a professional even if it's like a sighted versus non-sighted you know a sighted professional is obviously gonna be completely different um yeah, but sure. it, I could still yeah emulate emulate the look and maybe yeah from a distance you wouldn't notice it as much but yeah, it definitely sure. gives you confidence sure. and I think that was and a I think, thing yeah no, sorry go on <laughs> no and I, I think that that's it and 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 what I try to communicate through hair and care you know that it that it is self-care it has the power that irrespective of 
how a person may see you, may see a visually impaired person, that if within yourself, you know, you feel confident in, you know, say you're going out and you want to have straight hair or blow dry your hair or put a middle parting in on a side part or a side parting in, to know how to do that and to feel okay that, you know, based on touch that you've been able to do that, that has a direct impact and effect on, you know, on how one a person then feels in terms of their confidence and their and their 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 sort of their happiness. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it's even things like I remember as a teenager as well, there was a phase where girls were colouring their hair mm. and putting like coloured streaks in. I'm like the I'm the Averavine generation. So it's like <laughs> That was a real thing. I've still got streaks in and I'm I'm way earlier than that, Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember right. like being really young and all my friends like whose mums weren't hairdressers, they would, yeah. you know, put them in themselves. And obviously I wasn't gonna dye my hair. And my mum I remember my mum's like going and buying me these really good quality I think they were actual real hair clipping streaks that were coloured so yeah. that I could I could have the coloured streaks but not Amazing. dye my hair. And she like taught me how to like hide the clipping extensions and things and um just so I could join in. But it's true, like um, you know, there there are sort of hair trends and things. And again, following trends is like, especially if it's on TikTok or things, it's quite a visual format. So being able to you know, have your comfort tools in how you do your hair, but being able to adapt to the trends should you want to in Absolutely. a way that feels safe and comfortable for you is like definitely re- like, yeah, I think really important for anyone. Um, and for, in terms of like your workshops, has that, what's been like the most common thing people want to learn? Is it like care or is it styling? It, it's It's both, to be honest. I think that, you know, honestly, if I look back on these last sort of, you know, what, three years of two and a half years of doing the workshops I feel that a lot of people come into the workshops just wanting to be able to style their hair and it's not until we really delve into the um, importance of hair care that they then realize like just how how much of a difference that that makes um, to not only their their hair texture but but also it's it's kind of a way to you know to be able to wash your hair properly and to understand what washing your hair properly does you know that there's something also really important there and quite powerful because there's you know it, it if we think if we think about self-care and what what what, what are the main things that people do for self care you know it's you know have a massage it's have a facial it's you know having our nails painted for example mm-hmm. so to know to learn that a person and specifically a visually impaired person can almost you know shampoo their 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 hair their scalp in such a way that can then also help them to feel better about themselves um, that there, that's really, really imp- an important part of it. That we always, with any new uh, service user that joins the workshop, we always spend quite a bit, a bit of time, 
really kind of sharing that 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 knowledge we we have a, a kind of little you know a, a, a visual um image that we try to create in everyone's minds where we um talk about you know the, the sun and if if we look if we imagine our head to be our crown and we visualize a you know a big yellow sun and that's the shape of our head you know to to, to wash your hair and mass, massage the hairline the outline of this sun there's then something quite therapeutic that happens um and you know just from a health point of view you know it's proven that to, to know how to massage your scalp um you know doing things like uh you know exercise for example how that can boost blood circulation that has a direct impact on scalp health and then mm -hmm. hair health so you know if we, we've had a lot of service users that have you know some of their issues are you know psoriasis flakiness oily scalps and you know when we've um gone through that exercise of, of teaching them how to wash their hair well um it what's common is that m most of them have not been washing their hair properly properly and have not known how to and so you know build up of um oils and and of pollution that's what over time can create uh, skin conditions, scalp conditions like psoriasis or eczema or um, dandruff. So that that's something that um, I don't think people coming thought would be, I don't think they realised how valuable teaching them mm -hmm. that would be. And then I guess the, the, the other thing that's been, you know, people have enjoyed taking away is learning about their hair texture their hair type um, mm -hmm. and the best tools to use for their hair texture yes um, and then also you know you mentioned doing a, a bun you know there's so and the clip-in the colored um hair clip-ins you know mm -hmm. i think that, that's the other thing that we have um shared and explored with our attendees is just exploring the amount of things that are out there that can be kind of quick fixes you know wearing yeah. like a beautiful uh colored hairband that is of a different fabric so like a velvet so that there's you know there's also this idea of you know touch and and a visually impaired person feeling um a velvet hairband for example and, and and knowing how to put that in their hair even if they're not necessarily that confident styling their hair you know that there's there's a multitude of of accessories um that we've wanted to that we've shared with our service users and taught them how they could could use them at home uh, amazing that you know what when you said about the velvet I was like oh, I have so many velvet accessories and I probably didn't clock that I mean I do I like I think I've said before about velvet um on this old show when I spoke about fashion but I love velvet as a texture but I never even thought that that has even crept into my hair <laughs> yeah 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 absolutely yeah absolutely and just you know things like you know scarves you know the, the touch of a silk scarf you know again even if 
it's put in in a very simple way, like it's just tied in a bow around a ponytail. I think the process of a blind or partially sighted person knowing that they have that as an option, I think that that can also help them to feel better within themselves about how they look or how they are going to be seen. Yes. No, I think that's 100% true. I think, you know, accessorizing definitely makes a mass, has made a massive difference to me. Like I, I favor he, um, headbands quite a lot, like Alice yeah. bands. And, um, and also for me, I, I like them as an accessory because I don't like my hair falling in my face because yeah. if my hair goes across, because um, annoyingly my parting, like my, my parting in my hair, um, my hair falls across my good eye. <laughs> And okay. I've tried to change my parting so many times yeah. and it just, it won't have it. I remember once I was dressed as Jessica Rabbit and the wig was the other way and I was like, oh, my <laughs> hair would go this way. <laughs> and um, oh, brilliant. it just wasn't going to happen. But um, so yeah, like I even from that perspective, having having hairdos that, you know, don't feel like they're compromising what vision you, you may have, for example, or things like uh, fringes that like I don't have a fringe. And I remember, again, I did try, I said to my mum, please, can I have a side fringe, please, please, please. And, and again, it was that sort of thing where she was like, oh, it's really, it's not going to go with your hair type. And she, I should have listened. I think it's that classic thing when your mum's your hairdresser. I should have listened because she said, yeah, don't. Yeah, do yeah. <laughs> and, yeah um, sure. She cut in a version of, I think she sort of gave me more like a she didn't want to give me like a full-on big fringe she did this like a side thing and I, I had it for a bit and grew it out but she was completely right but um but even that if I had maybe a block like a block fringe again it's quite funny when you wear fancy dress costumes it makes you realize all the hair you could have in different oh, lives de- de- definitely um, definitely but I remember having this big block fringe for another fancy dress and it felt like I had this huge shadow going over yeah, what vision I had yeah. So even from that perspective, it was, yeah, it was, it was crazy, like the difference. Amazing, Anna. So we've covered so much about um, accessories and all the things that um, hair and care um, offer. But you briefly, I'm going to sort of pedal back a little bit because you mentioned earlier in the um, interview um, about living uh, with a family member with a vision impairment. If you don't mind, um, could you tell the listeners a little bit about maybe how that sort of impacted your um view on the world or sort of growing up and your life in um what capacity yeah absolutely um so it was my father who was visually impaired he had a condition called retinitis pigmentosa um i'm one of three i'm the youngest um and he stopped had to stop working about a year before i was born um so i guess by the time i i really had any understanding of his blindness it, it it was so normal to me I, I you know we he was a, a very resilient um person uh, was very actually quite hands-on there wasn't anything that he couldn't do um just managed to teach himself lots of different things from cooking to um plastering walls um he, oh my he, goodness <laughs> yeah he, he was yeah quite quite amazing really i hope that i won't get emotional talking about him but um yeah he 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 he, he was just very very good with with his hands i i, I guess with 
the fact that you know he had, was losing his eyesight his other senses became so um heightened uh that that his kind of hands he he was a, an incredible musician so he he taught himself how to play the accordion oh my god um, another accordion player i play yeah. accordion yeah are you an accordion <laughs> player yeah oh wow did i yeah. know that how I did don't i know, know like that? um I mean, I play piano, but then, yeah, I taught myself accordion oh, wow. uh, a few years back now. But yeah, I think now that makes total sense. And there's actually another uh, vision impaired Italian accordion player who lives in Bologna. And he also, um, yeah, he's, yeah, like I said, also vision impaired. And I don't know if now this is making total sense because it's such a tactile instrument. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. I mean, gosh, I... I... I think those are probably the memories that stand out the most. Like we, so my 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 father and my mum were first generation um, Italian, Southern Italian. So our summer holidays were always spent in 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 Calabria, Southern Italy, and on many 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 occasions. I mean, every every day was about you know a dinner or a lunch. So whether that was with our grandparents or our cousins or our aunties, and the accordion would always end up um, coming out because they just absolutely loved uh, how how he played. So yeah, he he was you know he 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 made kind of. I think looking back on his life and on my life growing up he, he sadly he's no longer with us um but it, it for sure is what is the driving force behind you know a, a lot of what I do and 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 kind of how I've crafted my career but 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 ultimately the the motivation behind creating hair and care that that's it's kind of his um, passion and resilience and courage uh, that that's at the core of of hair and care and and I guess my way of of helping to um, I don't know to, to to make an impact in 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 not only for those who are blind and partially sighted but also within the hairdressing and beauty industry um, I, I've realised as time has gone on being you know. The, the the leader of hair and care that the industry is not accessible you know there's there's many many mm-hmm. many people who don't feel safe um to go into a hair salon um and i don't think that's because hairstylists or salon owners don't want to welcome uh vis- the visually impaired a visually impaired person. I, I think it's more to do with a lack of education. I, th- I think that mm-hmm. uh, people don't know um, what language to use or, or, or don't know how to uh, best make a, a person with this kind of impairment um, feel uh, safe and, 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 and make their services accessible. Um, and I'd not kind of really realised that until I started on on the journey with with hair and care because because for me it was really normal you know we mm. we whenever you know my dad had to go to you know the town centre to go to the bank or 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 you know go and do a you know a food shop it you know I always gave him my 
left arm um i always had to tell him you know if there was a step approaching or a you know so it would be dad step up um or dad step down um Mm -hmm. we're, we're approaching a door push it away from you um push it pull it towards you um you know so it's the 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 language is is kind of very um normal for me so it's been really easy to to lead the workshops in in a way that i feel confident that i'm enabling you know our attendees to feel safe and feel that what we are offering is is accessible and it's also helped me to educate um our volunteers because we try to um we try to have hairstylists as our volunteers at the workshops because i feel that for now that's the way that we can create a a slow change within within the industry you know it's like anything right everything is a is a ripple effect it has to start off as a seed and then hopefully it will get to the point where this is a much much bigger conversation and who knows you know maybe we can get to a point where we're developing you know a handbook and a handbook for salon owners and and hair brands to make 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 a commitment to making the helping to make the industry more accessible and and you know it's not just salons it's it's also hair brands you you know you mentioned that you, you despite your hair your the texture of your hair being on the more fragile side but you know mm. if, if it wasn't and you did want to use hair straighteners or curling tongs you know which which brands which tools are out there that you would actually feel safe to use you know so that that's another thing that we we want to also tackle is you know helping brands to um become to think about how they make their tools accessible 100 percent. because i i had that um, i think i mentioned this to you on the uh, previous um uh zoom that we had about that i found that the dyson air app was just the most accessible thing I've ever used because everything about it was tactile for me yes Um, and like the fact that it had multiple attachments and even like the and it's what's actually crazy is I pointed this out to my mum and she hadn't noticed it that when I removed the um the the curling tong the tip doesn't get hot and I like there's like a separate little sort of tip on the end and I said this bit doesn't heat up and I like unclipped it and my my mum was like oh my god I've never thought to touch because then she just would I don't know like maybe wait for it to cool down and stuff I was like yeah no this doesn't do this and this does and like certain things that I'd clocked that she maybe hadn't because it's from a sort of um textural or sound point of view absolutely yeah just a few different things and like sort of going back to sort of um using your other senses like I I'm I'm assuming and I, I bet this is the case um that your sighted um, uh, uh, clients and um, people that you've, you know, a fashion week with and other people that, whose hair you do, who isn't visually impaired, I bet must be getting like the most amazing multi-sensory experience because, and again, this is probably because of your um, exposure to a vision impaired person with your father, but you massively hone in on so many other oh, senses. definitely, definitely. And I think... I mean, I'm in some, uh, sorry, go on. 
No, 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 go on. Sorry to interrupt you. Go on. Um, there must be so many people that go to salons who, again, the, them and the and the uh, person doing their hair are just looking in the mirror. And I, and I remember the first time I went to a salon when it wasn't with um, my mum doing my hair. And I found it so strange being in front of a mirror because mm. this whole conversation is happening in this mirror. And I don't, not, don't know what's happening in the mirror. And so I think the fact that it's, oh, feel your hair and how does your like, you know, I automatically would go to touch my hair when it's been finished or um, like describing your hair or like, mm. it's even things that sounds really crazy, but I love the smell of my hair when it's been colored. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's hair. it, isn't it? It's those, those, you know, it's those small things that maybe a person with sight wouldn't it wouldn't wouldn't have as much of an effect on them but but mm -hmm. again you know and again this is from you know from from my own experience uh, you know I I, I learned firsthand just how you know just how much of an impact those things had on him you know and mm -hmm. and, and you know to the point where I re remember you, you you asked me you know about sharing something negative that I'd seen, you know, ha happen or experienced with a VI person. And, yes, uh, a know, negative thing for the VIP treatment. Yeah, yeah, what could have been done differently? And I remember once um, accompanying my dad to 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 a barber's, and um, you know, and I, exp you know, dad explained that 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 he was blind, um, and so when he was sat down in the chair, the barber spoke to me he said mm. um so what would your father like um how does he like his hair you know and i think then i i didn't i didn't think anything of it and you know and my dad was a very he was a very humble person and you know and was very um he never liked to make a scene or never liked to draw mm. attention to you know his disability so he he kind of just let it go but you know looking back i think that that was a prime example of 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 you know what i'm sure many 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 visually and blind and partially sighted people experience to this day where you know they're they're in a situation like that and 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 the person providing the service won't actually talk to them or consider that they might actually have an opinion or their thoughts mm. on, on yeah and so you know it, it for me looking back it, it it just proved how much he was unseen in that situation and they didn't even consider that he would want to share how he mm. liked his hair um to, yeah. to, to feel and to look um so that yeah, I, I think that that was a real. Um, again, you know, at the time I didn't think anything of it, but looking, looking back, I, I, it, it, it definitely um, was just an, an a small insight into, you know, what people must experience all the time, and, you know, to be, to be fair to my dad, like he 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 completely turned that experience around. He um, mm -hmm. he decided he would buy the best clip, best clippers on the market. Uh, <laughs> uh, so off we went to Boots. He bought a pair of clippers and he then used a an envelope, a white envelope, um, 
we only had white envelopes that's why I remember the the, the color <laughs> um and he used that to um create the straight lines at the back and at the side and he basically from that point on just did his own hair he clippered it did a grade two all over used the oh envelope to create the, the straight lines and yeah again if I, if I look back on that it it what that I guess showed me um and I guess my you know my my takeaway was just how important it is for for you know not just for you know we all need to feel seen we all have yeah. the right to you know be heard and to be considered um and so and 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 I, and I also learned from him just the impact of that self-care has on, on a person's mental health on their self-esteem you know for him he he as I mentioned he was Italian so he he had a great sense of style he always mm -hmm. loved to, to dress in a suit um always had a, a white crisp shirt a red tie always wore aftershave always was clean shaven you know and that for him gave him his sense of self-worth and and of you know and, and I guess a a sense of of confidence and of identity because you know as as I mentioned he lost he had his sight and then he he lost it so you know it's not to say that I think people who lose their eyesight have it any worse than those who are born blind but I think that for him that was just such a struggle you know to go mm. from being able to see himself um to then not being able to it just enhanced the importance for him to take control and to learn mm. how to do things himself and I, and again that for me is at the core of what hair and care stands for it's about empowering people you know whatever it is that they can take from our workshops from our webinars um even the smallest thing i know it will have a ripple effect on something much much greater and that and that for me is 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 this idea of empowerment and confidence and identity a hundred percent like i think i think that is so true and i and i think that like kind of what you were touching on there because obviously I've I had I've had my eye condition since birth but my mum always sort of instilled in me that I mean I was quite lucky that my mum was very trendy and like was into sort of beauty and stuff and like um so she's a beautician as well as a hairdresser so like style and beauty and hair was obviously really important to me and I remember once going with my mum to um a workshop for vision impaired children and I remember, I think I must have been like seven or eight. Um, and we showed up and there was other vision impaired children. And I remember my mum mentioning it to me. I think she sort of said, I don't know if she said something at the time or she kind of mentioned it years later, but she left and was so sad at the amount of children who were there. And, and again, I remember my mum having a bit of a conflict in her head because she was like, am I just putting too much stock in this or like should, am I silly for being upset by this but she said there was a lot of children there 
not all of them, but some who their hair wasn't even like washed or they, and they were wearing clothes that didn't fit. Mm. And she said they just looked neglected. And Mm. she remembers coming away thinking, am I being really vain that I want my child Mm. to dress and look a certain way? But Mm. she's like, I don't feel like those children have been consulted. Mm. And it's kind of like, because they can't see, it doesn't matter. And Mm. it really bothered her. Like years later, she kind of mentioned it. And again, it could have just, it could, we could, you know, maybe the child's, you know, children can have it some days where they're like, I don't want to get dressed or I don't want to. But she said it didn't, it just, they just didn't look like, because it wasn't visual, it didn't matter. And yeah, I remember it really bothered, really bothered her. Mm. And I think like, like kind of what we said before, like for me and for other vision impaired people, I know, um, you know, fashion and style and beauty and skincare, anything like that is, is important because if something is, and this is again, like um, most vision pair people I know, uh, and like your father included, um, we're quite a determined bunch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, and including people that have had it from birth or, or or people that have lost their sight. I've yet to meet a vision impaired person who, you know, doesn't sort of take life by the horns and kind of, you know, try and do everything they can. Absolutely. And I think that's really things like fashion and beauty and things where, it is geared towards the visual person. Um, I think those sectors um, are are important vision impaired people, and I think yeah, thanks yeah, and, and the world is short. yeah, they're falling short. You know that they're yeah, they're falling short of you know really understanding what what blind and partially sighted people need, and how mm. you know and how they could help make a difference. Hundred percent. Um, so we've had your VIP treatment, which was the the story about your um father in the um the barbers. But what about your VIP life lessons? Is something that yeah he has taught you? I guess I mean you've kind of sort of covered it a little bit, but kind of what's the main thing that you have taken forward when you interact with other vision impaired people? Like something you remember to do, perhaps. Um. I would say, you know, to the point that you made, you know, the, the grabbing life by the horns, like uh, I, I never underestimate, you know, just how capable a visually impaired person is. Um, mm. And and I, you know, and I always, I always try to, um, anyone that I meet is, isn't never to, you know, never, never to feel sorry for them. You know, my, my dad hated, uh, being, you know, pitied. He, he, for him, he wasn't, he wasn't blind. And so, you know, whenever we've had new service users, new, new attendees to the workshops, you know, I, I, of course, you know, I'm, we're always very, you know, diligent with, with making sure that, you know, we're providing the support that that person needs, but, you know, we've, I've always, kind of shared with our you know volunteers especially those who have not had experience working with a visually impaired person to you know to never just you know bowl over and be like right let me take your arm or you know let's 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 ask you know you if mm. if, if, if someone came to you and said right let me take you over here um so yeah i i, I think to show integrity to have integrity and to yes have empathy because he he had a lot of empathy for 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 people with other 
you know disabilities um but but i think the the biggest life lesson is about is for me is resilience and about um courage and never underestimating what we are capable of um and i say we because i although i'm not blind or partially sighted i feel very much a part of this community and i and mm -hmm. i've I, we've i've seen obviously firsthand with my father but even more so with you know the, the the service users that we've met and and also seen how many many of them have grown um and gained confidence as a result of coming to the workshop so yeah the you know the the life lesson is 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 you know have that how having re resilience and a and a go get em attitude can 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 be um the force behind a person with a visual impairment get themselves out of a, maybe that feeling of 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 isolation and disconnect mm -hmm. amazing i think that, i think that's so true and i think yeah, I think that's a lesson. I mean, for vision impaired person, but for everyone, I think you know, like it's frustrating if people say can't. Like, I'm always like, just take the apostrophe T <laughs> off the yeah. end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, and, and and you know, and and just you know, and also just on you know, on a on a final note, it, it's it's you know, the 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 power that self care has to. Mm. Um, to make one feel good better about themselves yes. you know and it can be something really really small you know we, we again we've just as we've equally seen those with lots of you know gusto and 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 resilience we've also you know experienced those who you know have, who are very withdrawn um and 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 so i i i feel that it's it's important to also remember you know the power that self-care has and that even just by doing one small thing whether that be to just brush your hair um and to really experience that and feel you know each brush stroke or to um find a favorite you know velvet scrunchie that's of a color that where they can associate that color with something positive how even something as simple as that could could make mm. an, an an can have an impact on 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 you know morale self-esteem confidence and and identity yeah 100 oh i think that's the most positive note to end on um <laughs> amazing it's definitely given me like so much food for thought i'm like looking over in the general direction of my headband and hair scrunchie box i feel like i'm gonna go over and be like <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll have, we'll, we'll have all to... got a story and i don't even realize that they have yeah like... <laughs> that would be a fun um a fun mm -hmm. addition to your podcast invite a a, a vi <laughs> a vip um and ask them to to um, talk about their favorite ex accessory and uh, you know a story associated with that accessory. hundred percent. I think when I release this episode, I'm going to have to do a little Insta video and then tag you in all my scrunchies and headbands. <laughs> yeah, love, love to have you at a workshop, Taylor. It's been so great 
meeting you and you know having you on the focus group you you provided so many valuable insights and and even you know being able to do this podcast with you i i i feel i feel like we're going to be on a journey together oh my gosh 100 percent! i can't wait to meet you you and you and your mum Thank you so much to Anna and to the amazing staff at Hair and Care for everything that you do. I'm so excited because I've actually signed up um, for a Hair and Care workshop next month and I can't wait to go and learn some amazing things from Anna and the team. So we've come to the last part of the show, Taylor's top tip. Now, this week's tip is for vision impaired people, but also for sighted people. And I'm focusing on telling somebody if they have hair out of place, you know, maybe like a bit of their hair is like sticking up or something has come loose from their ponytail or whatever hairdo they've styled their hair into. And also peddling back a bit to episode two, like makeup as well. Or if, you know, something has... Uh, landed on their face I don't know or in their hair like a leaf or something basically telling somebody who maybe hasn't looked in a mirror or if their vision impaired hasn't maybe noticed if there is something on their face or head that shouldn't be there and I'm always you know grateful if someone points this out I've had it before I've left the house and maybe my makeup is slightly uneven or I have a little bump on my nose from mascara or I've had it before with my hair where maybe it's rained and my hair's gone a bit static or you know, um, I have a ponytail or a bun and maybe a bit's come loose. So there's a few ways you can tackle this. You can either um, politely say, oh, if, um, just let you know that you've got a little something and describe where it is. So if you say just there, that's not going to be much help. So you'd have to say, oh, you have a little smudge of makeup on your left eye just at the top of your cheek or oh um on the right side of your head above your ear you've just got a a hair that's come loose something like that or um if you don't mind if you stand still you've got a leaf that's just landed on your head can I just get it out for you and most people would really appreciate this no one wants to be wandering around with random bits and bobs (laughs) in places that shouldn't be there so I think yeah it's just being really polite and very clear of your instructions again if you know the person well you could you know, personally remove um, or wipe away the um, the obstacle of obstacle on the face. Um, I've had friends before that, you know, who will say to me, I'll tell you, you've just got a bit smudgy under your eye and they'll just like gently move. Um, they'll say like, I'm just going to wipe it off for you or like describe it and I'll do it um, instead. So that's the end of the episode. Very um, grateful to Anna, as I said before, from Hair and Care and to you, the lovely listeners, for sticking through this episode. I hope you've learned loads and please do give Anna and the team at Hair and Care a follow on Instagram just to keep an eye on all their amazing workshops and their fabulous hair advice as well, which is, you know, helpful for, like I said, not just vision impaired people, but for everyone. They have amazing, series of videos and photos of really good hacks and ways to look after your hair which is important like I said for absolutely everyone okay so have a great rest of your day everybody and I'll see you in two weeks thanks for listening to make sure you never miss a future episode give me a follow taylor not on instagram if you're listening to this as a podcast make sure to like review and subscribe as it helps other people find the show much love and see you next time.